Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A going to be funny later, but not going to be funny at the jump uh, version of the Touchline Media Group. Uh, I am your host, Asa, aka The Twig. I'll be joined shortly by my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, aka The Stump, as well as panelist, uh, Josh Beninock. Um, This episode is brought to you by Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, Paramount Plus, and uh, hopefully Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, or any, any liquor and or alcohol, uh, given, uh, you know, our proclivity for such things. Um, the reason it is just me at the beginning is there are some things that happened that are outside of our normal purview uh, on this podcast. We try to keep it light and funny and jokey. Um, and uh, two or three, I guess, things um, happen outside of the uh, touch lines in the American football context um in the Michigan Michigan State game that that need to be addressed um instead of going chronologically which is where we normally do we'll we'll obviously go um from from big to small um so what happened last night after the Michigan Michigan State game in the tunnel um was assault it was a uh completely unacceptable completely unacceptable event. I'm a Michigan state fan. I've been a Michigan state fan for a very long time. Um, I'm not going to say it's the first time something like this has happened because it's not um, about 13 years ago in, in our last coaches third year, uh, if you want to go parallels, um, something fairly similar happened. It didn't happen on camera, um, which makes this not worse, but certainly louder. Um, and it didn't happen in the context of a game. So I want to begin by saying, well, of course, we hope that uh, the two Michigan players in question, I, I know one of them has been identified as Jaden McBurrows. I don't know the other one. 
Um, we are wishing them speedy recovery. Uh, apparently, uh, McBurroughs has a broken nose. Um, that's what Harbaugh said, maybe broken nose, um, which we hope that he, he, uh, he, he, you know, recovers soon, doesn't have any lasting problems with this, gets the care he needs. Um, as for what should happen for Michigan State, um, people need to be suspended. People need to be kicked off the team. People need to not be representing Michigan State. Um, it's it's not. Look, I'm I I want to be abundantly clear that on on this podcast, whatever reach we have, and it is what it is. But um, you know, there are, there are funny things, and then there there are things that you sort of have to say in in no uncertain terms are unacceptable, um, and they are unacceptable. So, given that. Um, you know, things will still come out. Um, you know, I, I would question why there were two Michigan players in the middle of the Michigan state, um, team as they were going to their locker room. Um, doesn't excuse anything. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't, it's not like being in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, is, is means you, you should be, um, subject to a felony. Um, you know, we're not victim blaming, but I think that, the more we learn, the more we'll be able to speak on this. Um, but the, the long and short of it is that there is almost nothing that these two could have done to justify what had happened. Um, and the people in question, the only I, I, I saw on the, you know, there are two videos going around. One of them, it is impossible to see who is doing the um, assaulting. Uh, that is the, the one where someone appears to be using a helmet as a weapon. Um, I can see who that was. In the other one, it is fairly clear that two of the players are Zion Young and uh, Tank Brown, um, defensive ends for Michigan State. Kick them off the team. You want to keep them on, at Michigan State and, and say that they're suspended for the season and they're not allowed, you know, at practice in the facilities. Fine. I'm, I'm good with that. That's, that's a whatever, but they cannot, they cannot be on the 2022 Michigan State Spartans any longer. Um, and that's, that's just, that's just it. Um, the second thing is, is that a, you know, as, as part of this whole thing, um, just as this was happening, I think like at the exact same time, a Michigan fan like punched Mel Tucker in the head, um, which is e- not, not equally, not the same, but I, I said at the beginning that I was going from big to small, right. Or, or rather loud to quiet. Um, also shitty. Don't put your hands on people. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it is wild to me. And look, we're also a soccer po- uh, podcast. Um, we talk about soccer a lot and this happens in both sports far too fucking much. Okay. If you want to be a fan and you want to support your team, that's fine. If you want to talk shit, that's fine. Okay. Don't put your hands on people. Um, it's not ever. Okay. Um, well, without getting into the nature of legal self-defense, um, but it, it, it is just not okay. Um, and, and the third thing that I want to get to before we can sort of get this podcast going in, in sort of its proper cadence and time and whatever, um, is that uh, the Michigan Athletic Department also fucking sucks. Um, because Michigan's running back, Donovan Edwards, um, tweeted out some heinously anti-Semitic shit um, the day before the game. Uh, or, or on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever, came out with some like half-assed non, non-apology and then 
had PR write him an apology. He did not sit for a series. Um, you know, I'm, 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 it's, 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 it's completely unacceptable. And look, I'm, I'm a Michigan state fan. I, I, I spent a lot of time paying attention to Michigan. I attended Michigan. Michigan is one of the more Jewish campuses uh, in America. Um, and by that, I mean, it's like 13% Jewish. Um, there are not that many Jewish people in America. There are not that many people, Jewish people in college football specifically for what could or should be obvious reasons. But um, the reality is, is that they're, you know, in light of this, in light of what got, has gone on with Kanye West, in light of what has gone on with Kyrie Irving, um, this was a moment where Michigan could have made a statement um, that they care about the people uh, who who were being threatened by this. Um, and they didn't. They completely did not care. Um, you know, they they some regent said, oh, well, in a couple months, maybe we'll go to the Holocaust Memorial Center. And that's not that doesn't change anything. It doesn't fix anything. Um, you know, Donovan Edwards grew up in West Bloomfield. He, he knows um, Jews. He knows what happens when when Jews are attacked. He doesn't care. He cares that he got caught. Probably. But he doesn't care. And this, this, you know, there were no consequences. Harbaugh doesn't care. So fine. Um, but all in all, everything that went on outside of the lines over the last, call it 72 hours, call it 96 hours, has been completely and utterly disappointing. And I'm not both sides in this. Michigan State's players, Michigan's players, you can, you, it's pretty clear where we fall on the hate speech versus hate violence. Um, you know, and, and what's worse and what's not, whatever. Um, but please keep in mind, um, when you talk about the events in question and when you talk about what has gone on, um, is that it's very easy to slip into lazy takes. Um, and it's very easy to allow the people around you to slip into racist talking points. Um, anybody who was on Twitter last night or this morning, we're recording, uh, Sunday, uh, early afternoon, um, has seen uh, a number of coded and uncoded racist language about the type of program that a person like Mel Tucker is running. Um, so if you find yourself around that, if you find yourself slipping into that, uh, don't, because it's not okay. Um, so that's all I sort of have to say about that. Um, obviously, Michigan State has a lot of um, soul searching to do in the next, uh, call it 48 hours. Um, by the time Mel Tucker steps to the podium on Tuesday, I think usually his press conference is on Tuesday. Um, there have to be stated consequences. There have to be players who are suspended. There have to be players who are suspended for the season. If you want to kick them off the team, that is your decision, but there have to be clear and unambiguous consequences, not only for the players to learn from something from this, um, because that is ultimately the job of a, a coach here. Right. We're, this isn't professional yet, but as someone who 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 is a coach and someone who understands coaching theory and philosophy, um, your number one responsibility is to improve the people under your leadership. And so Mel Tucker has a responsibility to the kids in question to hold them accountable. But he also has a responsibility to all of us, all the fans, all the alumni, all of the supporters, all of us who have to go to to, to work on Monday, or for those of us who work at home, have to deal with our family members uh, or friends 
who are now it's not just, oh, ha ha, Michigan outplayed Michigan State, which they did. We'll get there in a second. But now it's something else. And you can't have that. You cannot have that. On this podcast, amongst our group of people who we will care about, um, there are certain things that happen at the schools that we support that are unambiguously unacceptable. Um, And I think that it is very clear and very important that we call out our own, right? Because it's very easy to call out. It's very easy for me to call out, you know, Michigan for being, oh, they did this, that, that, that. this is me calling out Michigan State. These, this is my backyard. And I would hope that each one of you who are listening, when it happens at your school or your club or whatever team or party or religion you support, you make sure that you look in your own backyard first. You know, I, 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 there, there are a number of religious sayings or cliches or philosophical things about, you know, he who is up without sin cast a first stone, you know, the, the, the boulder in your own eye, all of these other sorts of things, you know, um, but, but I'm going to sort of conclude the first sort of segment of this podcast, first 10 minutes of this, by just saying, we hope that the, the, the Michigan players in question um, are, are okay. We hope that the Michigan State players who are not part of this, um, kick, you know, play a big part in kicking those teammates off the team, um, because it's not just about you know protecting your own. It's about making sure that your own house is in order, um, and and making sure that everything's okay. So, um, with that said, I am going to uh, to to bring in my my co-host Napoleon Gregg. I'm going to bring in my panelist uh, Josh Benenock. Um if you guys have anything you want to say about the events, um, now's the time. If not, we can we can sort of go to how Michigan State apparently can't figure out cover two. Yeah, I mean it's completely unacceptable. Um, no matter if somebody is you know skipping through your entire team after let's be honest, completely dominating you guys in a rivalry game, that doesn't give you an excuse to you know shove them to the ground and kick them with cleats. Or God forbid, literally hit him with a helmet, which is, for being honest, assault with a deadly weapon in this instance. Um, it's inexcusable. None of those guys should be on the team for the rest of the year. Some of them probably shouldn't be in the program anymore. Uh, you know, rivalries get heated. This game didn't turn out that far from how everybody kind of expected it to anyway. So I don't know why, you know, you guys are that upset. Like, you should have seen this coming. Um, but there has to be consequences. And that includes, honestly, that includes Donovan Edwards. I think the fact that Donovan Edwards has faced no repercussions for his action um, says a lot about the fact that Donovan Edwards has received no you know, consequences for his actions. But uh, Jim Harbaugh made a point to point out how dirty Michigan State was and like not cleaning up the program um, says a lot about who he is and who the Michigan program is. Um, this is this is a both sides issue, but not how you might think. Both sides did shitty things this week, and both sides should face, you know, repercussions for the shitty things they did. Josh, you got anything? Josh, are you aware of this down in Texas? I'm not. I'm sorry. I yeah. It's fine. Um, at the gym this morning, there was like a. I, I wasn't listening. I was. I was running this morning and, and listening to music. But like on MSNBC, there was a video of it. So I 
Uh-oh. It is it is passed into the, the the greater lexicon, but Josh, it's fine. If you didn't see it, you don't have to comment on it. Um, all I'm going to say about the uh, the before we get to the game itself um, is that uh, the skipping through and like the the you know doing a double reverse pass while up by 22, 22. with three minutes left in a game. Like, look, it's sports. It's sports, but. And, and look, like I, I'm, I'm of two minds about this. Okay, because the young men on the team, the ones who actually were doing the fighting, they're 18 to 23. Grow up, grow up. You, you are an adult. Behave like an adult. Period. No question. New paragraph. Jim Harbaugh. This is what happens. Like if you poke people in the eye, occasionally they will punch back. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't do it. Do what you want. But understand that this is this is occasionally how it will go. Now, does that absolve Michigan State of anything? No. Does that does that give Mel Tucker an excuse not to handle this? No. But also, you know, throwing gasoline on a fire like you're a 12 year old is not always the best decision as a quote leader of men. Um, and Jim Harbaugh learning from his mentor, um, you know, might not be the best thing for Michigan uh, generally. So. Um, but Michigan, Michigan's athletic department, Michigan State's athletic department have very loud and very clear problems with dealing with things in their own backyard um, for years. So hopefully they can get it figured out because it sucks that we are 16 minutes into this episode and we haven't talked about the game, which was in a lot of ways a super interesting game. Um, and, and we haven't talked about Baylor and the butt bowl and we haven't talked about uh, Georgia going up 28 to three and, and us all like collectively being like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it almost happened. You should, yeah, you should have went for two. Either way, if you, either you get it and you don't get to 28 or you miss it and you don't get to 28. Right. Like, like do, there's not, no... do not go up 28 to three. If you're that's Georgia. Why you need um, to, that's why you need to have at least one native Georgian on your uh, staff at all times, Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Someone needed to be like, no, 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 no. Um, Matt Matt Ryan's like frantically trying to get the the phone number for the sideline phone. Like, don't do it. It's a trick. Like you, you have to, you you have to imagine that. Like I, I, I'm trying to think, like who in the Falcons uh, organization would have been the person to like make that call? Arthur Blank. Arthur Blake is, yeah. Arthur, yeah, Arthur Blake is a Georgia, uh, what do you call it? Uh, donor. Like booster, yeah. Yeah, booster. What, like, Arthur Blake should have been on, like, he should have a direct line to Kirby's headset. <laughs> it's like and the Cullen phone. And my understanding is that Arthur Blake is other, and this is, like, based on my understanding of his interactions with uh, certain former quarterbacks who got into to, um, certain situations, um, he's like a very reasonable guy, like and like he really like cares about the people around him, and that's why you you, you hang on to players way too long, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> so I'm picturing the way that this would have gone, which is like Arthur Blank, just like, "Hey guys, uh, sorry for chiming in. Um, I understand you've just scored a touchdown. It is now twenty-seven to three. I think we should go for two. The play sheet says go for two." <laughs> What are you talking about? Is, 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 is this Mr. Blank? Yes, this is Mr. Blank. I am forbidding you from going 28 to 3. Well, if you would I mean, like to be paid next week, nah. <laughs> that also brings up the possibility that Kirby just can't do math. So, which... Also possible. Also possible. He is not his namesake. Um, also, uh, 
I, at any time Kirby Smart does something like uh, that, that line, that, that, uh, line from names Childish are nominative. Oh, I was gonna say names no, no. are not normative. <laughs> normative no, determinative. Yeah, no, no, no. I was thinking of the Childish Gambino line from, uh, Freaks and Geeks where he says, I do my name like Princess Di. And every time Kirby Smart does something stupid, that line goes through my help. Just like, I do my name like Prince. No, you don't. You do not do your name like Princess Di. Also, that's a terrible lyric. Um, yeah. But really funny. <laughs> and also, Donald Glover can do no wrong. Um, <laughs> by the time I release this episode, he will have gone on an anti-Semitic rant. Of that, I yep. am certain. <laughs> yep. I really hope not, though, because based on my understanding of um, Donald Glover, he's a, he's a friend of my people. But we'll see. We'll see. Kyrie Irving's not. Kyrie Irving does not give a fuck. Um, this is going to be an, an an R-rated episode. I've already used my three. Like I've used. I, I, I get one fucking episode, and I'm on four. Um, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so 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 just to to sort of talk about. Um, you know what? I'm gonna use the back half to talk about Michigan Michigan State because we're we're already getting pretty close to the to the first half of this episode. Um, going up so uh i want to i want to kick it to to josh here because um butt bowl happened and butt bowl is always fun um josh why don't you introduce the people to butt bowl <laughs> butt bowl is the <laughs> yearly matchup between baylor bears and texas tech red raiders why is it and... called the butt bowl <laughs> <laughs> this is different than el asico so you have to actually explain yeah. this El Asico is self is, is self self-explanatory <laughs> because B U T T because yeah because of the 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 what what is it the initials of the school names um, yeah B U T T so it's called it's called the bubble and I I can't remember when this actually started because it wasn't called the bubble when I was playing or at least not out loud no it it, it had to be during that 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 time on Twitter between when Twitter was just uh, it's your boy tarantula dick and um and and like oh this is a hellscape for the krasensteins and trump and awfulness so yeah. i want to say probably 2015 2016 that yeah. was like the spot of twitter and i'm sure this was i'm sure this was fox's fault but it was when whoever decided to put baylor first on the on the, on <laughs> yeah. the screen instead of texas tech from like 1965 until 2015 there was a strict rule <laughs> Texas Tech Tech always goes first. (laughs) And then Fox is like, nah, fuck it. (laughs) But. um, But bull. Yeah. And one of these teams is but. (laughs) Yes, they were. Well, it's funny because going into the game, like, I was actually, like, kind of, like, nervous because, like, I don't remember who, who Tech played last week, but. Like they dealt with them pretty well, uh, pretty easily, yeah. pretty comfortably, and um, coming into the game, like you know, Tech was kind of like you know an up and down team, and um, I was expecting them to, and they run a lot of plays too, um, and they run that kind of like fast paced uh, air raid style offense, and so I was kind of expecting us to kind of struggle a little bit because our defensively we're really good up front like our between like our front seven like our, our our defensive linemen and linebackers um our secondary is pretty young um and haven't been really tested because like a lot of the a lot of the guys from last year were seniors either graduated or went to the nfl and so a lot of these guys are fresh and we hadn't had all, a lot of interceptions co- going into the game 
And while uh, it turned out to be a great night to be on the Baylor secondary, did, because did you did you have a lot of interceptions coming out of this game? We we doubled our interception <laughs> total for for the day, like for the season. This is game eight. For those of you who are wondering where Baylor that's, is in its schedule, it's, it's game honest, eight. Wait, honestly, is that more impressive, or is what Louisville did to Wake Forest in their third quarter more impressive? <laughs> Louisville's is more impressive, but yeah. the funniest part about the Baylor Texas Tech game, for my purposes. Um, twofold. One, Texas Tech uh, starting quarterback had a bad day, right? Like a yeah. normal yeah. run of the mill. You've seen this type of bad day a ton of times, you know. Nothing going right. Nothing going right. And yeah. Joey McGuire, who is in fact the head coach at Texas Tech, you don't know Prove what he it. looks like. It's fine. Prove uh, it. Prove <laughs> it. Yeah. I, you know, whatever. Um, he says to himself, you know what? I'm going to go to the transfer from Oregon. Tyler Shaw. He was really successful at Oregon, and I'm going to give him a series. And what does he do? He throws an interception. And then Joey McGuire says to himself, hmm, what if I go to the third-string quarterback? And that third-string quarterback um, threw an interception. Also threw an interception. <laughs> yeah. If you have four passes by your two backup quarterbacks, and that results in one completion to your team and two completions to the other team, you're a bad coach. You're a bad coach. <laughs> You've done nothing well, to help yourself. Honestly, though, for Texas Tech standards, that's not a bad coach. That's like average at worst. <laughs> I don't know. Traditionally, Texas Tech coaches are really good at making sure their quarterbacks look way better than they are. They I, are, I, yeah. I, 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 how you doing, Cliff? You still doing that? Or are you having trouble <laughs> making your quarterback look good these days? Just one. Hey, man. Hey, man. He made Patrick Mahomes look way worse than he is. That is true. That's true. That's a weird thing, right? Like, because like, we had all come to the conclusion that all Texas tech quarterbacks suck in the pros. And so when Patrick, and I was wrong, I was right and wrong about Mahomes. I was, um, I was, uh, Mahomes is fun, but he's not going to be successful. And so Dang. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give myself like a 50% because he is fun as hell. And also is the best quarterback in the league. Um, Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this and your response to what I just said was, but Josh Allen, shut up, shut up, move on. He's not, it's fine. Okay. All the reason why. Me- but, All but, this is telling but, me is you should draft the fun-looking guy that sucks in college. Uh, I mean, Darian Thompson. Strictly <laughs> speaking, like drafting the guy who was fun in college but like a little bit erratic has gone somewhat erratically in in the pros because, like, yeah. on the one hand, you get people like Baker, and you're like, ah, shit, best quarterback in in, in modern Browns history, but also really terrible. Um, or Johnny football. You get Johnny football, which also not good. But yeah. on the flip side, you could get things like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Josh and Allen, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm still holding out hope for Zach Wilson. Not because I particularly think he's going to be good. He's not, but because you know the milf story. The milf story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that means that everybody should be clambering to draft uh, our favorite quarterback in FBS currently, uh, Bo Nix. Yeah. No. No. Bo, Bo Nix has uh, like I and I can say this and. And be very, very confident. I think that Bonex is either going to be a perennial All Pro, or he is going to be out of the out of the league in the XFL or USFL by year three. <laughs> I don't like, even know if it's going to take that long. The, the, uh, this is the and this is the saddest part about Bo the Nix looks season. So damn good, by the way. Like, I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. This Real this is the saddest part about the. This is the saddest part about the Panthers season because you know Matt Rule got fired. Uh, they they might have. Like, I know the Browns broke Baker, but like the Panthers might have buried him underground. 
Sam Darnold is still useless. But, like, we had an opportunity to have a Panthers team with literally nothing to lose be quarterbacked by Matt Corral, and he hurt himself in the preseason. You know what, what would have been even better? And, it, and it's happening today. Imagine that this Panthers team, okay, before they traded uh, CMC, okay, with DJ Moore, okay? And game one, they say to themselves, all right, we're going we're gonna to roll with, uh, with Darnold. We, we invested a lot in him. But if he's not it, we're going we're gonna to throw it to our rookie. And it's not Matt Corral. It's Malik Willis. And they say to themselves, go nuts. Go nuts. What could happen? What's worse that could happen? And there are so many random number generators associated with Malik Willis that it could have been anything. Matt Corral is fun, but Matt Corral is not going to be successful for so many, so many reasons. <laughs> Malik Willis has a big enough arm where you can talk yourself into being like, I mean, you can, you can build a vertical offense around him. That's like a worse version of what they've done in, in Baltimore. Um, he's slower and not a dynamic, not as dynamic of a runner as Lamar, but he's still like a good runner. And he has a much bigger arm. So you're like, bigger okay. too. The prospect yes, would have been a lot more fun. It, it would have been Buffalo's offense. It would have been like a worse version of Buffalo's offense because he's he, the, the, the better. I was thinking about Lamar because I was thinking about fun quarterbacks in college and Josh Allen wasn't fun. He just sucked. Um, people forget <laughs> that. I'm, I will never, never stop reminding people because like it is my go-to. I was wrong about a quarterback coming out. Like, cause usually like I will remind you till the cows come home that good, good quarterbacks, but like, Josh Allen was not good. It's not that it was he like, also, they didn't run him, right? Like Wyoming, he was like a pocket passer at Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. He was a pocket passer and he wasn't good at passing. He, yeah, he had like a, yeah, something, a really bad completion percentage. It was shocking. 48. I was, I was surprised. I, I think the, the only thing that like, I think it was like the, it was a senior bowl or something where scouts were drooling over his arm yeah. and that's what kind of shot him up the board. But before then everyone was like, who? is this guy why is he being talked about as My, top? it's it's the worst thing that's happened to college football's like nfl draft cred because all of us were like this dude sucks this dude and nfl and nfl like the nfl draft types were like no no no, he's got a big arm they can teach it we're like the lesson of tom brady is you can't teach accuracy you can yeah. you, you you can't you can scheme around a a, a, a a not a huge arm but you can't scheme away accuracy and brian dayball was like but what if i could <laughs> what if i did um before we go to uh sponsors i do want to point out that um uh sunny dice is a fuck and he's a degenerate gambler and what we saw at the end of that game against west virginia was one of the most uh delightful moments of sunny dykes throwing up double birds at the camera saying over tcu <laughs> You bet the over and you bet TCU. Kiss my ass. <laughs> uh, which I which I love. Um, but if you don't want to kiss my ass and you want to watch certain teams play on, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and I guess Thursdays if you're an Arsenal fan, um, then does anybody know the streaming service that you would be interested in? Uh, I believe he's right. Everybody, uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. You have. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Do it again. No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart stopping, hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams. 
you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on, Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, fired, in soccer's biggest (laughs) club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, We'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on on Paramount+, Plus, but they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo. All right. Um, so let's, I, I, I'm going to talk about Michigan State, Michigan schematically for a second. Um, the feelings ball of it all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that this is an important thing to, to mention. I said that Michigan State could give up seven or six scoring drives and only give up 26 points. <clears throat> Prior to the, I'm just going to say it, trouble with the snap. Because you gotta <laughs> say it, you got to say it. I understand. <laughs> Sean McDonough was Sean. so happy. He was he, so it took him a second, though. He was like, oh, no, it's a high. He's having trouble with the snap. <laughs> <laughs> um, prior to that moment, Michigan State gave up six scoring drives and 22 points. Michigan State's defense did precisely its job. And, like, I, I got to tell you, they couldn't, they couldn't stop the run, which I didn't think they could. They, 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 Blake Corum and um, the other running back uh, had 250 yards, but zero home runs. Um, Corum got whatever he wanted, though. Corum, he just couldn't get through. He, the couldn't, he just couldn't get to the second uh, level. And, and, and Michigan could not score in the red zone. And so, like, the whole thing going into this game was I, I was talking about the path to win for Michigan State. You know, I said the path was narrow, but it existed. And Michigan State's defense did it to a T. Yeah. Like, they did, their, they, they did it so perfectly. The defense and did their job. Defense did their job. They, they, they played that beautifully. Which is- which is funny thing to say to giving up 29 points to a Big Ten team who primarily runs the ball and makes short, accurate passes. But, like, that was what they needed to do. I mean, Mich- Michigan's averaging 45 a game. Yeah. So, like, so like Michigan State's defense did its job. It was, like, like I, I said, the only way Michigan State has a chance here is if they hold them under 30. They held them under 30. Um, and I said, the way that Michigan State wins this game is that Keon Coleman goes off. Keon Coleman went off. What I did not expect is that twice Michigan State would have fourth and ones and would refuse to do a QB sweep, QB sneak. They did two slow developing misdirection runs, one from 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 under center, one from the shotgun. Neither of them. A delayed count. A delayed. It counter. was the dumbest. It, it is. Uh, I, and, and look, I'm not one of those people. It's like, yes, every play looks stupid until it works and every play looks smart until it doesn't. This one was d- dumb if it worked. Like, yeah. It was dumb if it worked. And the the way that Michigan State failed this game and what I expected but had hoped to scheme away was that the way that Michigan State needed to win this game was that you had to pin the safeties back. And they did. Michigan, after the drive where Keon Coleman outplayed them, or the two drives where Keon Coleman little boyed their corners, they stopped going cover three and they went cover two. They said, we have two safeties over the top. Do what you can. And Michigan State refused to to throw in the middle of the field to their tight ends. Just absolutely refused to do it. 
And like, look, there are ways to beat cover two. And Michigan State was running a lot of them, right? Like scissors concepts or smash concepts or levels concepts. Like there are ways to do it. And Michigan State was running them. But the way you beat this cover two is when you can't run the ball, because Michigan State couldn't run the ball, um, yeah. is you, you hit your tight ends in the middle of the field so that those safeties have to, say it with me, come up. <laughs> if they have to come up, then maybe on the outside, there's more room for the two players you have who are worth a damn. And the only two offensive weapons are the two outside receivers for different reasons. Different reasons. You Um, should do things in order to make sure that they get open. You can't just keep throwing to them and be like, ah, well, Kean Coleman's got, okay. And I say this knowing that this worked one way in this rivalry before, but you can't keep throwing to a wide receiver and saying he's got eight inches on the quarterback. This is going to work every time. It did. That that worked one, that worked one time. Twice. It's worked for each team once. Um, the Braylon game, obviously, in 2004, yep. where, where, where they threw to the 6-4 wide receiver being covered by the 5-9 converted running back. It went how yeah. you think. Um, it took, well, but the, the, and that's always a critique. That For me, that's always a criticism of Lloyd Carr and his offense because it took them like three and a half three quarters. Three and a half quarters, quarters like, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then he, Braylon Edwards saw something like eight straight passes and four of them went for touchdowns. Yeah. And it's like, ah, well, probably should have been doing that the whole time. Yeah, but and the other time that it happened was when um, um, Michigan State uh, in 2000 threw it up to Ricky White, who was 6'3", against a Michigan corner who was 5'10". And the theory was, what if we just kept doing it? And it worked. Rocky Lombardi threw for like 320 yards that day. Yeah, not 2000, <laughs> 2020. 2020, I'm, I apologize, you're right. Um, in, in 2000, Michigan State did something similar, but... It wasn't because the, the wide receiver in question was taller. It's just he was the best wide receiver that any of us have ever seen um, in Charles Rogers, um, who was amazing. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Pre-crack problem or uh, and beginning of crack problem. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, given that he passed away recently. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. His son, actually, interestingly enough, is being recruited by Michigan State. Um, I don't know that they've offered him a scholarship. He's like a sort of a, like a run of the mill mid three star who's not, you know, whatever, but like, I, I am very much pushing for Michigan state to give that kid a scholarship and keep him on scholarship for five years. Cause I want, I want Chuck jr. Like in the program. Like I don't want do you him give it, else. Do you give him the number one? Yes. Yes. You give him the number one. Um, absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't care. You give him the number one. Even um, if he only plays, uh, if, you know, even if the only position he plays is gunner on punting. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Because, because there will be a moment where he's a gunner on a punting and there's a fake. And we will have a moment where Rogers, number one, is going up and getting the ball. And, all, and it's worth it for that moment. Um, so I, oh I do want to say. I'm sorry, field goal fake made me think of it. Did you guys see what Oklahoma did to Iowa State? Because that was that really was funny. Cruel. That was cruel. They, they ran a delayed kicker draw. That's cruel. and it worked. And it that's worked. What, that's what pissed, that's what pissed me off. It worked. Did you, and did you see that kid? That kid was like shifted his shoulders. He went down with both arms. Like that kid was like, "This is my moment. I've been waiting eight goddamn years for this. I am not missing." Um, beautiful. It it, it reminded me of the uh, the Pat McAfee story about uh Troy Palomalu where he like like he I, I don't know if you've heard this story but he tells the story right, yeah, yeah where he's like they, so I'll, I'll I'll tell it quickly and he's the way he tells it and he tells it better than I'm going to is like 
you, you muted yourself right when you started. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, that was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, I know we can speak sign language. Yeah, I know what you're telling me to do. I'm just ignoring you. It's funnier this way. Uh, it sounds like he tried to. We're gonna have to come back to that because it sounds like he tried to censor himself, and really, yeah. he just unplugged his mic. I guarantee you, he just unplugged his mic. Yeah. I, 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 my, my, my mic broke, but um, called it. Yeah. Uh, so the, all the right, we didn't get any of it. You have to start the whole story again. Go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the story is, is that um, in, in all week, Indianapolis had had seen a flaw in the Steelers punt um, or. Uh, Field goal oh, right, line. Yeah. And um and so the what, what it was is that the left essentially what would be the left uh tackle, you know, in 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 punt and kick, it's not really a tackle. But like the the where the left tackle was is that it was there was a bubble. So essentially the the um B and C gaps were essentially left uncovered. And so they had watched every single play that that Steelers defense had had defended and it never anyone there. And so they they called it. McAfee is sitting there and he looks up and Troy Palomalu is standing in the gap. He looks back at the kicker. He's like, he's never been there before. Why is he there? <laughs> and they like sort of like stalled for a second and he just like didn't move. And they're like, well, fuck, <laughs> I guess we have to kick the field goal. And like, he gets back to the sideline, the coach, whoever the coach is, I guess it was probably Mora. Um, I was like, what the hell? Like we called, he was like, Palomalu was there. I'm not running into him. <laughs> Yes, it's a great call. Um, and 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 that's like that. It, it's like that that um, holder got to do Pat McAfee's like like greatest wish. Also, Oklahoma State had a bad day. What the hell did Gundy? Do oh my god! Yeah, Simon. Like I, I, all I can think of, and I can't say the full quote for obvious reasons. So, Josh, if you want to, if you know the quote, you can say it. I can't say it, but from the Boondocks, where it's like. What did he do to make them so mad? <laughs> now, what did he do to make them make this that mad? <laughs> that was like that. Like I said, I, I, I it was like thirty-five, nothing at half, and I was like, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> hey, it, it might have been it might have been retribution for the for the Texas game last week. Like they were so pissed. Yeah, they were, they were so pissed. I, I, do you know what I think? Some things out. Like can't no no it was Kansas State had a win against TCU and lost it and they were like oh you we're we're ruining somebody's season this they, they week took I don't care. they took it out they took it out on someone yeah <laughs> um, built this up uh, yeah those guys and then Wake which we alluded to this earlier but I just want to point out that Wake Wake Forest went into the third quarter against Louisville up fourteen thirteen they had seven possessions in the third quarter and they came out of the third quarter. Losing to Louisville 48 to 14 because on seven of the six possessions, six of the seven, they had a turnover. Six of the seven, they had a turnover, including two pick sixes. sixes. Yeah. Two pick sixes, a third interception, uh, two fumbles, two fumbles. I'm sorry, they had four, two pick sixes, two just interceptions, two fumbles lost, and a punt. Is that the worst quarter of football? It has like the it, one side. It has to be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's it's up there. But do you remember that quarter where Army um held the ball for 15 minutes against Houston? Yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> um, and so it's like it's different type of worst possible quarter. But but like to me, if I'm if I'm a defensive tackle, right, and I'm 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 or, or if you're like an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman in this scenario, right? If you keep throwing pick sixes, you're like, okay, all right, let's just run it again. It's like practice, like like just. 
all right, reset. Like let's, let's, let's set up back at the 25. Like we'll just, we got it this time. But if you're a defensive tackle going against the flex bone triple option and they just keep getting three yards, like there's a part of your soul that dies. You're like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, there, but there's Not a difference. Yeah, there's a difference because, like, the defensive tackle in both scenarios, your soul dies, but for different reasons. In the triple option, like you're just getting like nicked to death. But in the in the situation where they keep throwing uh, like interceptions or fumble losses, because none of these were happening like at the line, they were all downfield. Oh, so shoot. the defensive tackle just keeps running into a wall. It's cardio, and then. Yeah, but he doesn't get any play- like the only plays he gets off are the kickoffs because they keep scoring. The- like, like at a certain at a certain point, you have to like if you're if you're one of those defensive tackles, and I don't know how deep um, Louisville is at defensive tackle. Probably not because they're they're terrible this year. Um, but like at some point, you got to you got to like sort of look over your shoulder at one of those safeties and be like, bat the fucking ball down, man. <laughs> I need a break. Because I think Louisville scored uh, – obviously, they scored on the two pick sixes. But I think of the other five possessions, they scored on four of them. Quickly. Wow. Yeah, because they were at, like, the 24. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's so <clears throat> ridiculous. Okay, so um, the other thing is about this Michigan State game, about the offense, I do want to probably put a bow on it. Um, if Michigan State scores to go up 14-10 – or has a kicker that they can rely on and goes 10-10 instead of runs a slow developing misdirection counter um, on the yeah. five-yard line on, on fourth and one. I think game state dictates that this is a much different game um, yeah. because you you look at things and whatever. The fact of the matter is, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo Peyton Thorne because some players on Michigan State believe in accountability. He had probably one of the best post-game quarterback uh, quotes that I've ever seen was he said, I want to be very clear that Michigan beat us. We didn't beat ourselves. Michigan beat us this game. They were better than us today. And that is yeah. what it is. And we need to be better. And I like, that was, that was happening as the videos were coming out. And it was like such a juxtaposition of like what it means to be a player in a shitty moment. And I, I like, I've been wondering if like, is Peyton Thorne the guy to guide Michigan state through this era of bullshit? And I think he is, I think he's like a mentally tough kid. Um, and I think, I think that that was really good. As for Michigan State's defense, very proud of them. They couldn't stop the run, but they tightened up in the in the the red zone, which says a lot. And as for the um, as for the offense, Michigan State cannot be a functional team with this offensive line. It, it it you cannot you cannot be a good team with a shitty offensive line. It's impossible. And so, like, there, there's a part of me that wants to go to like that wants to go to Jay Johnson and say like just do the full three yard, one yard splits that, that Gundy used to do or uh, that uh, Leach used to do. Right. And just make it take time to get around the edge. Right. Like that, that's the whole like theory of the splits in, in air raid is like, just give us some time, man. Listen, I know there's a lot of examples of that working, but I'm still very wary of uh, any statement that says do what Leach used to do. Fine. I just, uh... No, no, sorry. sorry. I, can, I can give you another example. Do what, bro, ooh, not going to say Bryles, do what uh, Hal Muma used to do. Um, do what, you know, Cliff Kingsbury used to do. I don't care. Um, I will say, uh, just, just to add, just to add to no, that, no, I really. will say. Don't do that... what Dana does, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. I disagree. The wide splits, the wide splits on the, on the offensive line probably worked uh, a little more back then because. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. 
the interior pass rush is a lot more developed. Scarier. I feel like yeah. this year, like in this in this age of football, than it was back then. Post like right Oliver. Now, yeah, but like right now, I, like the the d- defensive tackles are a lot leaner, a lot quicker, and like they can they have a lot of moves and they can beat one on one um um one on one uh blocks with the guards. And so if you have those wide splits, those guards are isolated. <laughs> and that is a very bad place to be. Uh yeah, I guess like theoretically last night if you Maybe had had the guards. If you had had like Michigan State's guards. Oh, also there was a report this morning um that Michigan State lost both of their starting guards last night. Oh. No. Um to uh, so so I I saw one person say and and all of this is like sort of like not official, official, like insidery bullshit, whatever. Um, one said one of them is out for the season. One said both of them were just like sort of held out towards the end of the game because you're down by 22 and you're not, it's not worth making a, a grade one sprain into a grade two sprain, so to speak. Yeah. Um, no. But if either of Michigan State's starting guards was ISOed on uh, Mozzie Smith, um, that'd have been bad. It would have been not good. Um, so, so I, I think you're probably right. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'm very proud of Michigan state's, uh, defense on the field. Um, I think that they played really well. I'm very proud of, um, really the fight that Michigan, damn it, passion that Michigan state showed. Um, yeah. Uh, like, not like, the fight specifically, not, not proud not of the fight. fight, not proud of the fight. Um, but like the, the passion that they showed. And because I think that early, once that third quarter happened, um, and Michigan State drives down, or Michigan drives down, Michigan State three and out. Michigan drives down, gets a field goal. Michigan State three and out. Michigan drives down, gets a field goal. Michigan State three and out. And on that next drive, right, where Michigan is up 19 to seven, I think it would have been very easy for a less mentally tough defense to collapse and just like be like, we, I can't keep doing this. I've watched defenses do it. You know, I've watched this Michigan State defense do it. Yeah. Um, but they didn't and they held up and, and that says a lot about the mental toughness and also like the, the camaraderie. Um, that was, I mean, that was a very hard fought blowout. Let's be honest. Yeah. They got blown out. They got dominated, but it always, it never really, I, I, I struggled to think about how to describe it because like, it never really felt like it was out of reach, but Corum was so consistent that it never felt like Michigan state was going to have an opportunity to get back into it. Because, like, I never felt like Michigan ever hit the home run or put the nail in the coffin. But Corum was – anytime Corum wanted it, Corum got three, three to four yards every single time. Yeah. Sometimes he got more. Sometimes he got less. But, like, when they needed him to, that, he was that dude. Well, I, th- I think that the way – the reason why it never felt out of reach is that even after Michigan went up 22-7, to 7, you're saying to yourself, okay, um, Jaden Reed breaks one, you get the two-point yeah. conversion and seven-point game. Right. And like, and, and it's not like Jaden Reed has never broken one. I mean, Keon Coleman had that 50 yard catch late in the game, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it's, it, it was very easy to talk yourself into a situation where Michigan state down two scores is down one score pretty yeah. quickly. Um, and this is also, this is also a good, uh, I guess, analysis of Michigan as well, because Michigan has had a problem with red zone offense so far this year. Like they really struggled to get it, into the end zone, they have to they have to settle for field, settle for field goals a lot, which at the start of Penn State was an issue. At the start of Michigan State was an issue. It wasn't really until the second half of both those games where they kind of pulled away. And even at Michigan State, they were still kicking field goals. So like that's a problem that Michigan needs to address going forward before you see an Ohio State or before you see uh, 
Tennessee or something like that. But the other thing, but the other thing is that they're so good with ball control that because um, like a lot of time in college, especially, you're going to have turnovers and those can turn the tide of the game. But Michigan never really has those, those turnovers. Uh, so unless like you really need, even if you're only settling for field goals, you need to have the opposing offense execute against the defense, which is a lot harder than J.J. McCarthy making a really stupid read and giving you and giving Michigan State the ball the 30. Which he doesn't do. Um, also, I'm, I'm going to make an analogy here because I'm maybe on the basketball season for some reason or another. But Michigan right now is, is Bo Ryan, Wisconsin. Um, they don't make mistakes. They grind you down. They don't turn the ball over. And they don't really they, – they just wait for you to make a mistake. And then they capitalize. Yeah. Um, and it's better boring. Quarter, better, better quarterback play. J.J. McCarthy is better than any quarterback Bo Ryan had other than uh... – uh, well, Bo oh, Ryan was, Bo Ryan's was a basketball, basketball coach, I know. coach, right? And and I I can tell you that um, I'm trying That's to think of who is who is that who is that uh point guard at Wisconsin? He was there for like 17 years. Um, he was I can, yeah, I know. I can I, picture who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Oh God, he sucked. Um, I'm I'm gonna figure this out later. Uh, but anyways, to, just to put sort of the the bow on Michigan State, um, Michigan. Uh, obviously, what I talked about at the top of the top of the show is is the focus unfortunately but from a Michigan perspective I don't think you learned anything I I think that you are the same team both teams I don't think we learned anything about either team I think that we showed I I, I keep wanting to use this word and I can't say it um I think Michigan I think you learned some of the mental fortitude of Michigan State and also I mean this this has been I guess a I don't know if you want to say a criticism or just something that we've talked about a lot, but like Michigan State's biggest game on their schedule is usually Michigan. And you can tell that the Michigan State coaches specifically scheme for Michigan, yeah. which, and that was, that's been a huge criticism of Harbaugh throughout the years is that he doesn't take his rivals any more seriously than he takes any other games, which depending on how you look at it, look at it can be a good or a bad thing. But, like, he prepares his team for every game as if it is the exact same opponent, whether it is Hawaii, Michigan State, or Ohio State. Uh, Mark D'Antonio did not, and Mel, Cup, Mel Tucker clearly does not. They prepare for Michigan differently than how they prepare for other teams, which I, I don't really know if that's a good or a bad thing, like I said, but, like, that is very apparent now going on, you know, 14 years since we got rid of John L., however long it's been. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're this, it, it will be 15 years, uh, next month. Um, so yeah. So our 16 years next month, because D'Antonio came Damn in, in November, November of 2006. Um, so I, I, I think also what, what we have to say about Michigan is that like, look, I've said on this podcast, a number of times I've said in public a number of times, Michigan is not being judged at the level of Michigan state, right? Like they have different goals. They have different ceilings they have different ambitions um michigan is if michigan plays this game against a serious team of which there are at most at at least one at most three left you know you're not going to win because you don't you don't win i mean you don't win games with field goals and if if michigan can't get their shit together in the in the red zone um it's going to get you know it's it's going to be you know, 13 to, to 28 against Ohio State pretty quickly. 
Um, because I was say Tennessee, like you can score 29 points against Tennessee on six field goals. That's great. Tennessee dropped 56 on you. Like, what are you right. going to do? And, and, and the thing is, is that Michigan's corners, um, they, they're not that impressive to me. Keon Coleman and Jaden Reed are both talented players. They're, they're NFL talents. Um, Ohio state has four wide receivers who are better than them and a tight end. Um, I say four because they have four in their playing group. They probably have more. More. Yeah. <laughs> They we probably, just, seen we the, just don't know who they, they are. We haven't seen the back half of the receivers room yet. Yeah, like, like I, I, th- I can name the four who I think are better than Reed and Coleman in uh, Harrison Jr. Um, I can't pronounce his last name, number two. Uh, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith uh, in Jigba. And then Kate Stover. Um, that's five dudes. Five dudes that you have to cover. Against Michigan State, you had to cover two. And that's not mentioning the two running backs they have who are better than any Michigan State running back. I was going to say any Michigan State running back that we've had in a while, but ha, not true. We had a really good running back next year, last year. Um, he's really good, by the way, guys. I don't know if you noticed that. Dude, he's, yeah, he's killing it. He's, uh, Wait, there, I like that there was a, I think that there was a running back controversy in uh, Seattle and Rashad Penny was playing well to begin the year. Poor, poor damn like, Rashad Penny. I know. Kenny Walker yeah, finally gets healthy. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, he the hit Lions the home run every it? tenth run. The Lions blew it. They're blowing it. They were up. Weren't they up like twenty-four to seven? Correct. Uh, dear listener, uh, at, at at recording, it is now thirty-one to twenty-seven. They are losing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you didn't take if you didn't take Dolphins money line when the Lions went up twenty four seven, that's your own fault. That means you haven't watched enough Lions football. Uh, that's 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 wonderful. That's great. The Vikings almost blew it to the Cardinals too. What 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 in the? Oh, and the Fal- Cowboys are deciding whether or not to blow it. They're 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 having an internal discussion at the moment. Um, yes. Can can we have a quick discussion on Mac Jones? Just 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 one moment. Um, he's worse than Bailey Zappi. He's worse than Bailey Zappi. That's how you say his last name, Zappi? Zappi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that because, because Bailey Zappi went for, what was it, 535 against Michigan State last year? 585. It was a lot. Oh my God. It was <laughs> <Wow>. a lot. <laughs> In a game that his team lost by like 25, just to be clear here. <laughs> Michigan State won that game like 56 to 41 or something. Jeez. Uh, it was really dumb. Uh, but yeah, Bailey Zappi is better than Mac Jones. Um, and and two years ago, Bailey Zappi was playing at Houston Baptist. Wow. And and uh, Bill Belichick spent a first round draft pick on Mac Jones. I thought Mac and Jones he, was supposed to be the future of, of New England. He was supposed to be the next Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah uh, turns out, Zappi. Yeah, turns out wow. trying to find the next Tom Brady in the first round sort of defeats the point <laughs> of the next Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, the, the best the best thing I saw was Mac Jones isn't the next Tom Brady. No, no. Mac Jones is the next Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like that that makes more sense because then you have to you have to take the punishment in order to find the diamond in the rough underneath. You have to take the pressure and to find the diamond other so like Belichick knew it. He just like I have to draft the Bledsoe first and then I draft my Brady. Yeah, uh, have you, have, have, I guess you, if there's and if there's if there's any consolation to Kyle Shanahan, uh, it turns out that Mac Jones versus Trey Lance was basically just a toss up anyway. Yeah, it was so, a wash. Like, he didn't really. He didn't you really were right. That pick. <laughs> no, no, you, you were right about Trey Lance versus Mac Jones. It was basically the question of whether or not Trey Lance's legs were were worth more, and the answer is um, maybe not. Maybe not. 
because there's no value in either. Uh, Justin Fields, by the way, um, I'm I'm not getting rid of those stocks yet. I I was ready to give up give up on them, but um, you're holding on still. I'm, I'm holding on still. Uh, I, I I his think numbers that- aren't bad. He's seven. He's 13 for 17 today for 126 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But that I includes to- three drop. That was three drops that were like in his receivers' hands. That if all three had been caught, he'd be 16 for 17 for like 250. They were all long long ball he's, they just I think I think he's suffering from just being on a not so great team from um, not being on Ohio State yeah oh yeah weird. <laughs> that also that also afflicted Urban Meyer all of last year weird <laughs> oh I don't okay know, giant talent discrepancy shit okay in 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 plays where Justin Fields threw the ball ran the ball or took a sack the Bears are averaging six yards per play six yards per play <clears throat> in plays where he is not the one doing that, they are averaging 3.5. That yeah. is not Justin Fields' fault. How yeah. are you down by 19 and have thrown the and have dropped back to pass 19 times and run the ball 34? That is malpractice. Uh, wow. At some point, wait, no, at some point when they were down, I believe it was 28 to 7, uh, with tw- with two minutes to play in the first half. Uh, Justin Fields had thrown for 22 yards. I he mean, was five of seven for 22 yards. It is, it is not Matt Nagy anymore. Yeah, I actually don't remember who it is. It's not Matt Nagy. Hold on. You guys talk. I'll find out. Bears coach looking up the Bears coach in real time because this is a professional <laughs> podcast. I actually don't remember who it is. Real quick, I want to give, give a shout out to – the, and this is going back to the butt bowl. Um, yeah. I want to give, I want to give a shout out to the, the Baylor secondary players. Uh, very impressed with them. Uh, last night made a lot of really crucial plays, especially, um, the one interception in the end zone where it looked like a touchdown where Texas Tech was going to, um, cut the lead down by, uh, to seven. And instead the DB just basically snatched it out of the wide receiver's hands. Great play there. And also to the Baylor running back, Rich, freshman running back, Richard Reese. That kid yeah. has, yo, he has 800 yards and 12 touchdowns this season already. Like, and he's, he's a true freshman. And he's only like 5'9", 175 pounds. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been really ex- uh, impressed with him. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to tell me if this is the name of the Chicago Bears head coach or a character from the Chronicles of Narnia. Eberfluss. That no, that's it. It's, it's no, it's that's Matt Eberfluss. It's that's Eberfluss. <laughs> yeah, Eberfluss. I remember he has. I remember he has the same first name as Nagy, and he has like a really weird. He came from like Notre Dame, Indianapolis. Before that, he was in Dallas for like a decade. Before that, he was at Missouri for like a decade under Gary Pinkle. Uh, was he the offensive uh, line coach? Uh, um, uh, at Dallas. Decoordinator, okay, never mind. Yeah. Uh, he, in, in Dallas, he was uh, linebackers and then a uh, defensive pass game coordinator. Um, he's a bad coach too, as it turns out. Um, so uh, on, I, I think the only other thing is that we wanted to talk about is, um, and, and we made reference to it really quickly. Um, I think the Pac-12 is bad, guys, because Bo Nick spent three years at Auburn sucking out loud. And becoming a meme of a, uh, who knows? And at Oregon, he's just like calmly, calmly putting up Heisman numbers. Yeah. And like, 
maybe what we all need to do is, is and, and like, maybe we should just take his advice, right? Like maybe the, the, the real thing that we all should try to do is just find an easier profession. Just find an easier profession. Like do what you're doing just in an easier way, right? Like you don't have to do it in the most difficult way possible. And yeah. if it sounds like I'm, I'm talking shit to a certain segment of U.S. men's national team Twitter, I am. You don't have to leave the MLS. Brandon Vasquez, stay in Cincinnati. Score 30 goals a game. Or a year. It's more fun. You'll have more fun. Okay. No, do it again. Do it again. That'd be really impressive. Um, uh, now's probably yeah, the time I, to... I, no, I, I, think the, I think the lesson here that we should all take away from is don't ever go to Auburn. Well, also Stay that. away from Auburn. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Stay away from Auburn is, is obvious. But, like, there's a secondary lesson. Look at, look at how more relaxed Gus Malzahn is. Just much happier. doing shit in UCF. Yeah. Beating Just Cincinnati. Orlando. Yeah, beating Cincinnati. It's fine. Um, you know what he oh, would have done in Auburn? Beat Cincinnati. No, he would have gotten his shit kicked in. Uh, but then <laughs> yeah. next week would have beaten Alabama. So it's fine. Um, the, the, there was a funny joke going around, and we're running out of time here, but there was a funny joke going around about how Gus Malzahn only cared about two games in his in his uh, season. And one was the Alabama game, because in order to keep your job at Auburn, you have to show out in that game. But apparently he had been petitioning for years for the Arkansas job when he was at Arkansas State. Um, and they just refused to look at him. And so when he got to Auburn, he made it his personal mission to humiliate Arkansas every single time. And I went back and looked and like, you look at the scores. That actually makes sense. You look at the scores of Auburn, Arkansas games and you're just like, dude, (laughs) relax. It's fine. (laughs) And this is like pre-Sam Pittman, Arkansas, where I was like, it was bad. We're like, you don't need to do this, man. It's it's (laughs) not nice. Um, but, uh, but anyways, shout out Oregon, shout out Bo Nix. We, uh, we, we believe in you. Um, Michigan state, uh, has Illinois next week. Just speaking of pre Sam Pittman, Arkansas. Um, I don't know. Kurt, be fun. <laughs> uh, Illinois is, is a 10 point favorite. And, and to be honest with you, um, before those suspensions comes out, I wouldn't touch that line because, uh, <laughs> although actually, you know what? I might take Illinois minus 10. Because yeah, the, I'll just take the, Illinois and then hope that the, I mean, if you take kicked off the team. Yeah, if, if, if you're taking Illinois minus 10, you hope that that certain starting defensive ends get get uh, get get suspended, but removed, um, removed. Um, but anyways, I think that the uh, the only other thing I want to say is um, if I were running a professional um, football organization and I was playing a game in London, um, I would I would not take the ball out of the hands of the running back who just went for a buck 60 and a touchdown. Um, I, I would not throw an interception trying to force the ball to Evan Ingram in a, in a game that you could win. Just hypothetically Jacksonville. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you could give the ball to Travis Etienne or you can give it to Evan Ingram. I don't know why you would choose the Evan Ingram option. It doesn't make sense. Um, but what does make sense to me is that uh, I, I, I appreciate uh, my, my co-host here. You can find uh, Josh on Twitter at Josh Beninock. He is tweeting about all sorts of things, including but not limited to that time that he went and poached a coach from Brighton uh, and then got spanked, humiliated, humbled. What, 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 what adjective would you use? I, I said, right. All, all of those fit. Yep. Um, yeah. That, I, I, I got to tell you, if I were a Chelsea fan, and I'm not, but if I were a Chelsea fan, I would be so thankful about what's going on in, in Liverpool because nobody say, is focused on yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> be, thankful, be thankful that Liverpool decided to then just be like, ah, we're not, we're not going to take this I just, I, like I, two hours later. I do want to, t- I, I do want to point out that um, at the beginning of this season, 
we on this podcast pointed out that Jurgen Klopp has never, never stayed somewhere seven years without getting fired. And this is year seven at Liverpool. It's and I'm not time. saying, not saying, but. Oh, I'm saying it. It's time. It's time. Uh, it's time. Uh, I'd also like to. I'd also like to point out that every time you tell Jesse Marks that he's coaching for his job, he magically coaches a lot better. I feel like we should just tell him that every week. I I don't think that's it. I, 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 and I put this in the chat. Um, he's Pitt. Leeds are Pitt. They only show up well, in yeah. prime time against good teams. It's like you put Pitt on against Boston College and it's like they might lose. This is bad. Oh, um, you, kind you of don't like, even have to. You, you might be eligible for this soon. season. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I know. Got, you guys two two wins away. You can't see wins away. Uh, they beat Boston College this week. Um, Boston College is bad, but um, uh, but Does but Boston like College even have football. It's a, it's a question. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, you can find uh, my co-host Napoleon Greg on Twitter at Mister Rising eighty nine. Um, he tweets about stuff. Ravens flock. Let's fly. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Diamonds Esquire, or uh, I'm occasionally or usually on the main account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, Broncos country, let's ride is back in back in play. Uh, Lions pride, let's roar. Uh, what's the worst one of these? Josh didn't like that one. That that was it. no no, uh, no it's it's, it's, it's got to be Patriots. Yeah, it's the Patriots because it's whatever they were yelling on January sixth. Like no no, yeah. no 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 it's, no, it's no. Patriots country. <laughs> Let's insurrect. Uh, we are brought to you by Smith Workforce Management Group. They uh, they, they co-sign God, what we say. <laughs> co-signing what we say. Whatever whoever Blue Air puts in, you have to agree with us. Um, Paramount Plus. Wow, that's a that's an aggressive stamp from Paramount Plus to take. Yeah, wild, <laughs> wild that you would say that Paramount Plus. Um, Liberty football is still a thing. I, I have no other jokes. Just saying. Just yeah. someone mentioned January sixth, so I figured we should probably mention Liberty. Not that they're connected in any way. Ooh. No, they um, were just there. They were just there. Um, they were there watching from the corner. <laughs> nailed it. Um, um, special thank you to you, the listener. I set myself up for that one. That was an alley-oop off the backboard. I'm yeah, so proud of myself. It was great. It was great. Um, so, uh, dear listener, um, please like, subscribe, share. Um, tell your friends who may or may not be of this sort of ilk. Because most of the time, we're like the last 10 minutes, not the first 10 minutes. Um, but uh, obviously, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.